class between each other. I didn't like in my work league and this league. I don't even pay. I haven't even paid attention to how many people play. Oh hey, we're recording. <laughs> Are we? Yeah. All right. For real, for real. This time. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Ten and Rich Podcast. Well, says off tonight, I guess, uh, and uh, it's just me and Kenny. He's out in Savannah land. Being good. Yeah, I'm jealous. Been a minute from what was that? 2015 when we went off to Savannah. Been a hot minute. Five years. Yeah. One thing that I'm just since uh, we're talking about one thing I was thinking about the other day, and I was kind of disgusted with myself. It had nothing to do with the night of drinking. It was actually on the way down. I remember putting like bourbon or something in my coffee, and it was fucking god awful. But I drank it anyways. Oh, I had bourbon and coffee. Before. I don't know if it was bourbon, but it was definitely something. I put some alcohol in there, and I want to say maybe it was Jack Daniels. Maybe that's what it was. Some Jack and <laughs> Jack and coffee. Which, uh, I was just thinking to myself <laughs> the other day. I don't even know why I was thinking about it. I was like, that had to have been nasty. But anyways, Savannah's a cool place. Got to get back there sometime, especially during some warmer weather months to check out Tybee Island. Oh, for sure. For sure, for sure. Um, had a brief little meetup for Halloween on Monday. We got to hang out for a second, take the kids out trick-or-treating, and uh, try to avoid the rain that, or the little rain that happened. But um, y'all's neighborhood always shows out, man. Yeah, they, they, they go the extra mile. That's for sure. And I, I, I enjoy the candy that... <laughs> That Delaney got. She's <coughs> you know, like the stuff that I like is stuff that she doesn't really care about. Like she'll eat some other like stuff out of there. So I'm like, cool. I'll uh I'll take that. Yeah, man. They, uh, I I had to leave. I didn't get to see everything, but I left. Ended up leaving work early. But um, yeah, they they had the you know the parade and everything. They had, they had a cookout this year. Yeah, I, we were trying to get down there early enough for all that, but just didn't work out that way. Yeah. Or, uh, we always were thinking that we got like time, or you know, it ain't gonna take much time to get ready or something, and <coughs> then we get going, and it's like, oh crap, now we're thirty minutes late. Yeah. But um, man, uh. Had a one of them uh, Halloween Reese's a, a bit ago, man. Those things are so fire. I don't care what anybody says. That's got to be the best candies. Oh, Reese's. Sure. Reese's. Especially cups. Yeah. Um, we want to talk a little uh, college football, NFL, and a few other things. Um, I guess, uh, Big weekend for college football, especially with uh, says Georgia Bulldogs facing Tennessee, which has been a long time since that's been a very big game. And 
I don't know how it's going to go. I really don't. I I wish Seth was able to speak on this, but uh, a lot of people may feel that Tennessee may pull this off just because of how good that offense is. And even though so it's the best offense versus the best defense, so it's kind of like something's got to give here. And I'm hearing things that like they're saying like their defense might not even <coughs> it might not be people are saying you know they're thinking that their defense might not even be able to to roll with Tennessee. I don't know about that, but I think it's I think they're still gonna have a, a good defense. Like I, I mean I don't know how they're gonna stop Tennessee from scoring, but. If it's any defense that's going to do it, it should be them. However, they're missing their top pass rusher that's, uh, that's going to be out, maybe even out for the season. And um, that is something that they would definitely need uh, to, to pull pull off a win. Now, the other, on the flip side of the Tennessee's defense has actually been getting better, and it's going to be interesting to see them match up against Georgia's offense because Georgia's offense is kind of – Kind of old school, uh, a lot of, you know, using the tight ends and running the ball. But um, it's going to be very interesting to see if Tennessee's defense can continue to step up, too. And and for somebody like Stetson Bennett, who's, what, like, his, he's a fifth-year senior, right, that's, um, you know, looking to try to get another national title before he's done with college. Oh, yeah, he's, he's been there so long, I think his kid goes there now. <laughs> is he uh oh what was that movie uh oh man i can't think of it anymore that had ryan reynolds in it and he was in college forever but oh van wilder van wilder yeah yeah basically yeah <laughs> that's Stetson wilder but um one thing that's going to be interesting is is how close that game's going to be because it seems like with the college football playoff rankings coming out, um, was that yesterday or the day before? Um, them putting Tennessee at number one is crazy. <coughs> I think that that was not good for Tennessee. Oh, really? They did that. No, I don't, I don't, I think that it's just gonna, that's gonna motivate, that's gonna motivate Georgia. Oh, and it should. Yeah. Um, but I think this too, even if they if Tennessee loses to to Georgia and is somewhat close, I think they still have a good possibility of making the playoffs since they ranked them number one. Yeah, it's true. But um, I just I mean I mean obviously definitely like more than one SEC team can get in. It's just for Tennessee. I would feel like for them to really have, truly have a, a good, a legit shot to get in, I feel like they really need to. Well, if they if they win this game, I mean they they're pretty much in because the rest no, no. of their schedule is not. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's. I think it's more important that they win this game. Yeah. Because I mean, it's like whoever's gonna whoever has like the, the like like just one of the top teams is gonna go in, whether in in whether that team is the sec champion or not yeah you know so it's like it could be the sec champion plus another team <coughs> or depending how things fall 
Hell, it could be three of them. Who knows? <clears throat> yeah, that's that's. <laughs> now if LSU everybody would be pit- Oh yeah, LSU is it this week. Yeah, is LSU Alabama this week. Ooh. Yeah. And it's a night game at LSU, so it's like if they mess around and win that game somehow, then I think the whole three three team SEC thing is out the window. Yeah. And as much as I what? as as much as I'm a fan of the SEC, I really don't want to see three SEC teams in there. Well, I know this. Everybody outside of the SEC is going to be pissed if that happens. Oh, of course. And that, that's the whole reason why you know the, we we got the expanded playoff and all that coming. So. Yeah, that that couldn't get here. I mean, that's got to get here soon. I, was it is it next year or a couple years? I think it's a couple years. Yeah, I mean, this year, this year would have been a great year because there's a lot it, of. It's definitely six teams. teams that deserve to be in the college football playoff right now. Now, Ohio State definitely seems good, but they haven't really played anybody super. I mean, super challenging, other than maybe Penn State. But uh, Michigan looks for real legit, and mm-hmm. they they play each other in a few weeks. And so it's going to be interesting to see how that gets sorted out too, because <coughs> that could be a that could be definitely be a um, whoever loses out, just like the Tennessee Georgia game. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean that's the thing. You, you know, a lot of this stuff is going to get settled over time. It's almost not even really worth like really discussing like what a top four is going to look like yet. Yeah. Yeah. Until until some of these some of these games have to have to shake out. You, you know, you yeah, this weekend know. will be huge. And you never know if any of these teams are going to slip because the thing is, any team can, and, and the thing is, like, Alabama's got a couple games in a row that would be kind of rough for them because they got, after us, they got Ole Miss. Yeah. You know, at Ole Miss. So that's, I mean, that's not, I wouldn't say that's a guarantee either. So, how, yeah, I, I, how crazy would it be if does LSU got two <coughs> losses or three? Do you know? They have, no, they have two. They have, they have, uh, Florida Florida State. Oh the yeah. First game they lost, and then obviously you know, Tennessee. Yeah, so they if they beat games. Alabama, they could potentially be in the runnings for the West to uh, be in the yeah. SEC championship. Yeah, yeah, they could. Which would just I mean absolute monkey wrench in the whole thing. Yeah. I don't anticipate LSU doing that, but I do have money on that. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case. Yeah. So I've got I've got I've got a new betting system that I, I, I'm kind of it, it it's only going to work if certain things happen. But so I'll take two teams. One team that is the underdog, mm-hmm. put a certain amount of money on it. <coughs> And I'm going to parlay the shit out of it. And if it hits, it's going to be big money. Then I'm going to put money on the other team. Same amount of money, but yeah. a much more favorable bet that's more likely yeah. to hit. If that bet hits, the only thing I'm going to do is going to get my money back, essentially, from the other game. So I'm going to, I'm going to, it's going to even me out. Yeah. So it's like a safety net. Now, oh, yeah, something, sure. now, something wild could happen and neither one of them could hit. You know. <clears throat> so, that's the way I'm playing it now. Because I got, man, I had, I had a pretty good 
began. I got you. <laughs> That's always a good thing. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, I guess one pod I mentioned it last <coughs> week. Maybe we'll do some uh, some live betting. I think all three of us need to be on there, but uh, I think it'd be cool, especially uh, especially if it's. I mean, this probably would have been a better week to talk about it. With Tennessee, Georgia, LSU, Alabama, but um, I'm pretty excited about the college games this weekend. Yeah, there's some man, there's some solid, there's some solid games, man. Like, and uh, I mean, obviously, like, the Tennessee Georgia game is gonna be is gonna be huge. Yeah, and that, I mean, this is gonna be the, this is gonna be the true test because I mean, obviously, this is gonna be arguably their best competition. I mean, you could say Alabama was, but it's certainly going to be the best competition that they've had in an environment that's not Tennessee. Yeah. So how are they going to handle that Handle that pressure? Because that's different. Yeah. You know, they're on the road now. They don't have 100,000 fans cheering for them they don't have the power to you know they don't have all that you know yeah and also if you're trying to get in that game those tickets are crazy they are the cheapest ticket is almost like 600 bucks a piece i mean that's that's, (laughs) i mean that's it's the biggest game of the it's the biggest game of the year right now oh yeah yeah and i was trying to think of a how I mean, when has there been a game that big in the regular season like that? It's basically a, uh, I mean, it's a championship game. More or less. I mean, at least you're, I mean, it's technically you're punching your ticket. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, a playoff berth if you're, if you win. And potentially the same thing for the LSU Alabama game in a weird way. Yeah, I mean, because that's... Especially more so for Alabama. Yeah, because, I mean, with them being at six now, like, (coughs) that... The fact that... The thing is, like, I am kind of surprised that they rolled down that far. As much as I hate Alabama and I love seeing them out of the top four, I mean, they lost to the number one team, right? Mm -hmm. In a, like, to-the-wire finish. Yeah. Was it's not like it was a blowout. So right. the other teams that are ahead of them, like there's a couple that are head scratchers for me. Like, well, at least one big one. I'm like Clemson. I'm like they now now Clemson does have more top twenty five wins this season. That's than that's, Michigan, Ohio State. I, yeah, but I'm but I'm just saying like. I'm, I wouldn't. But are I'm, they better than Alabama? Probably not. No, that's not. what I'm saying. I'm not putting them over Alabama. And I don't think I don't I don't think Ohio. Well, it's kind of a toss up for me to try to put Ohio State ahead of them. Like even me, like for right, like even me right now, it would be tough. But I guess because they have to, they have to go by record. I could see having them even right now, having them outside of the top four. I guess. 
because Ohio State does look like really, really good. And they haven't lost. You know, that's the thing. The record plays a big part of it. So, like, Ohio State and Michigan, you know, it's I gonna could, be, uh, It's probably – it's going to be just like this weekend with Tennessee, Georgia. Whoever wins that game, if they're undefeated, because that's the last game of their season, right? It'll yeah. be um, whoever wins that and stays undefeated will be in. Yeah, I mean, because yeah, and I think that the whole the whole Michigan Ohio State thing, like that's that's the one to look for because that's gonna break that's gonna break the entire thing. Yeah, and that's not next week. I don't think it's next week. I think it's like the week after. So. No, yeah, no, even the week after. Maybe it's the week after that. I think it's Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, it is. Oh my god, dude, that's gonna be amazing. Yeah, Thanksgiving weekend is gonna be crazy. <coughs> wow. So, so really, the thing is, like, it's not all gonna shake out. It's gonna be a while for it really, truly, before we can really say like, what's what. Yeah. Unless uh, one of those teams magically loses before then, which I just kind of don't. I don't anticipate. You know, another thing to kind of look out to, and and I know they don't play as much competition, but TCU sitting there undefeated too, and I I can see them if Alabama loses and TCU has a gripe to try to, well, if this was a a uh, six-team college playoff, so, I mean, I don't think they're going to get as high as four, but. Yeah, the thing with TCU, and I brought this up, uh, I think, Last time Seth was on here, we were talking talk about teams, and I had brought them up. And they look really – and Seth had a good point. I mean, but they look really they look really good. But, like, at the same time, kind of what you were talking about, how, like, Clemson has beaten a lot of these teams, like, ranked teams. Like, TCU's yeah. strength of schedule, not – quite as strong as some of these other teams. I'm trying to even recall. I'm looking at their schedule now. Some of their, some of their bigger wins. Like, their bigger wins were, I mean, I know, they beat Oklahoma. I know, like, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. They beat State. Kansas. Oklahoma yeah, State. Kansas is... Uh, Kansas State. And then they have, well, they have Texas coming up in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. But as far as, like, their with the ranked teams, I think it was, what, just Oklahoma State and maybe Kansas State? No, um... Because those two, those two teams are both ranked. I don't Oklahoma, think. Well, right now, Oklahoma is not ranked. Yeah, they are. I don't think so. On here, it says yeah. they were, and maybe it was what they were ranked at the time. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, but, uh, I'm talking about like right now. I mean, right in, in in the past, if they were ranked, this one, I, I guess I, I like to look more at like what they're at now because it's more of a not a snapshot of what's going on. I think right now, if you look at it. As far as I recall, I feel like I heard them talking about this on Sports Center, not Sports Center, but one of the one of the shows. I I think that TCU TCU really only has like two wins over like currently ranked teams as it stands right now. I'm pretty sure. And I think it was just the two state teams. I'm pretty sure it was like Oklahoma State, Kansas. I see. Yeah, and they got Texas coming up. Yeah, which the thing is, that, but that's saying like some of those teams and some of the other teams they have. They sound like good matchups, but they're really not because the teams aren't that great. Like Texas is not doing anything. Texas Tech. 
isn't doing anything. And then, yeah, like, Texas Baylor, Baylor's not, really, Baylor's not really making any noise either. Yeah. Which usually that TCU-Baylor match is, is nasty, you know? Yeah. And it's still going to be a good game, but it's like, you know, Baylor's not, like, competitive this year, like mm-hmm. it had been in the past. So those Baylor-TCU matchups, that Baylor-TCU matchup's not quite as, like, as juicy as it normally is. So I don't know. I like I like TCU, but I just think if you compare them to some of the other teams, they're just not going to – they're not going to make the cut. Even, yeah, if, then, even if Ohio State and Michigan, even if one of them are out, like, because the thing is, if Clemson goes undefeated, they're they're gonna get in. I feel like, <coughs> so it's probably gonna end up being like I could see it going something like Georgia, Tennessee, Clemson, Ohio State, or Michigan. Mm-hmm. And it'll probably settle into something like that, especially if Alabama drops the game. If they lose to yeah. LSU or Miss or, or or Ole Miss, it's a wrap for them. Right? Yeah, that's nothing. Looking at it. Michigan's also got Illinois before they play Ohio State. Yeah, who's pretty solid. They are, but really, they should beat them though. Yeah, yeah. The the, the big the big matchup that we need to wait on is like I said, Ohio Ohio State and Michigan will I don't know Clemson help, actually help to, that's gonna help to solidify the entire thing. Yeah, Clemson doesn't have really anybody I mean they play Notre Dame this weekend who's <coughs> terrible. Louisville, Miami and South Carolina, so I mean we've seen Miami get destroyed by MTSU. <coughs> Yeah, we're talking. Uh, so they're not necessarily. Notre Dame, Notre Dame, and <coughs> a couple, a couple more unranked teams. Like that's the thing with Clemson. Like Clemson does not. Clemson doesn't ex, does does not excite me. I mean, yeah. NC State. They had a couple. They had a couple good wins. I mean, like. Yeah, the NC State wins for sure. They beat Syracuse <laughs> last week. And but, this, but this is the thing, though. Like, Wake Forest. Look at their margin. Like, if you look at, I know, like most of the games that they've played, most of their good games they've played this year against teams that are actually ranked, they were all fairly close from what yeah. I can, for what I can, can recall. Yeah, they were all most close. Of them are, were, I feel like most of, weren't most of them all within like a touchdown or so. Yeah, well, uh, they beat NC State by ten. Okay, but so they, they went to double overtime against Wake Forest, and then they beat Syracuse by six. Okay, so th- so let's put that so yeah, put that in perspective. You went double overtime against Wake, Wake Forest. Forest, who's what in like the uh, the twenties? Yeah, and I don't I don't even know where at, but I know they're pretty low down there. So it's like twenty first. That's what that's what I'm saying. Like, look at their body of work. I'm not impressed. Like. It's just, it's just, it's just the conference, you know, the, that that conference, right? Now. All their games. Here's the thing, too. Looking more at their other games, I mean, their game against Florida State was close, um, and the rest were pretty much just, I mean, Georgia Tech, Furman, and Louisiana Tech. So, 
Yeah, that's Boston College. Those games they kind of blew out who they played, but the teams that were that are ranked were close games. Yeah. And then I don't Notre Dame hasn't been ranked. I think they're <coughs> actually yeah, they fell off. Well, they they have a better record than I thought. They're five and three. Yeah, they beat Syracuse last week. And yeah, they beat BYU earlier this year. It's just man, this year I just not like, like ACC is just not like. Just, I, I don't know. I'm just not. No Navy plays Notre Dame in a couple weeks. That's gonna be interesting because they're playing uh, at a neutral site too. I think they're playing in. Uh, are they playing in Boston? Fuck around, beat them. I would love to. I would love it if they did, but Navy is not. And people that listen know that that's my squad. Uh, have not had a good year this year. They've uh, been in a lot of close games, but just they're not that good this year. Um, yeah, they've they're uh, they've only won three games. They're three and five. But to me, as long as they beat Army at the end of the year, that's 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 the main thing. <laughs> um, another um, crap. I just lost. I was trying to look at the the matchups this week for college football. Felt like there was a couple of uh, couple other games that. This week, no, there's not really much else on the. How much else I can see that's really that, that crazy this week? Yeah, thought there was another big game somewhere. I, mean, I guess there's a couple of ranked teams playing each other, <coughs> but yeah. Well, what's great is, too, is that the Alabama-LSU game comes on after the Tennessee-Georgia game. So that's a good, solid eight hours of good SEC football. Oh, yeah, Saturday's going to be, man, something else. Yeah, there's nothing really. No, there's not much else. There's not in the early games. Not a lot of meat. I mean, the thing is, if if, no, if Notre Dame was, like, somewhat what they have been in the, like, past couple years, that – that Clemson game, you know, that game against Clemson would be, yeah, you know, something something to watch. But it's really just kind of not. There's there's probably some there's some good betting opportunities out there, but other than that, I'm not watching yeah. the rest of that trash. Uh, switching switching gears, something that uh I watched um. Uh, I guess last week was the Redeem Team. I'm not sure how long it's been on Netflix, but it is a documentary about the uh, 2000 2008 Olympic the Dream Team Olympic basketball team. Oh yeah, U.S. team. And um, the biggest take off of that is how much I miss Kobe Bryant <laughs> as just a such a good player but just such a competitor like no matter what sport the way that he 
played the game and and kind of did the things to keep himself on as a top player, whether it be in practice, being in the gym, just all around, just got to be one of the most competitive people, competitive athletes ever to walk well, the face of this I mean, earth. I mean, I would say as far as like from his work ethic, his mentality on the floor, like he's only second to one person as far yeah. as competitive. And he's so. basically a proto, like, He's basically a clone of Jordan. And I mean, in, in a way. Yeah, it could almost be 1A, 1B as far as like. Obviously, Jordan's going to get the nod on being the greatest of all time. <laughs> but if you want to compare, you know, people try to compare LeBron and Mike, but they're not the same type of person, not no. the same type of player. Kobe was. Yeah, him and Kobe were very similar. Their their games are very similar in their, in their drive. Like, that's the thing. Like, that's. that's yeah. That's the one thing, and and you're right. Like, man, that's one thing. I love watching basketball. I follow it. I don't watch it as much as I. It's we. So I follow it more than I watch it. Like, I really keep mm-hmm. up with stuff until the playoffs. Anyways, then I'll sit and I will watch games and stuff. But like, the the drive, man. It like it motivates you. That's that's that competitive spirit. That that like, Mamba like, mentality. Really, yeah, that's what it is. But it's like you don't. You know, it it really shows you, like, not everybody, just because you're in the NBA or just because you're at the top of your profession, like, not everybody has that. Yeah. Like, a lot of these dudes, man, they're like, okay, they don't, they don't, they don't like losing, you know, but you got guys who used to hate it. Yeah. Losing, like, ruined their day. Yeah. Like they didn't care like that they're still getting paid the same amount. Like they were pissed. Mm-hmm. Dudes on their team weren't doing what they're supposed to do. They're pissed. You know they're yeah. trying to they're trying to boost everybody else up. They're trying to pump everybody else. You know there's there's just you know it's just something that's kind of that's kind of missing. Like like you see like guys get emotional and stuff out there, but it's just not it's just not the same with a lot of guys now. I've seen there's some guys out there that that have it to a degree and can take over a game and stuff like that, but it's just like one comes to mind is is a team that I like and root for is is John Morant for the Memphis Grizzlies. I feel like he kind of has a little bit of that, not nowhere close to the extent of like a, a Kobe or Jordan, but I feel like he has that kind of drive, and when he's going, he's unstoppable. Yeah, there's some yeah, there's some guys who have like they have pieces of that. Yeah. That's what I mean, more more or less. He has a piece of that too. Yeah, and some people like 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 I think I think Giannis does to a degree. Yeah. Uh in a in a different way, because he's a different kind of player, but like he's extremely passionate and and you know, most of his damage is done in a different way. Yeah. But he's like he's such a like physical presence. Like like LeBron in a sense. He's very hard to stop as well once he kind of gets gets in his groove. Yeah, and that was uh, one thing, too, going back to the documentary um, that I kind of forgot that LeBron was on that team. And that was also – that team was – man, you look at the, like, lineup and the, the coaching staff, you're just like, wow. How could they, how could they even struggle – well, not really struggle, but how could they – 
how could they not just completely blow out the entire, yeah. you know, everybody in the tour? But but this is the second uh, biggest takeaway I got from it is how much the original Dream Team grew the sport of basketball in, globally, and how good basketball became after them. That was a huge deal, and that was like, but because that was like the, that was the showcase. That showcased, yeah, MB, the NBA for the entire world. It yeah, because really, there was and it really proved how dominant we were in the, in that sport. Yeah, because I didn't really know that it was more of a <laughs> came to the Olympics in basketball before before the dream team. Really, it was a lot of like just college. It was more of a college thing. Yeah, that college players played in. And um, and they didn't really have like professional basketball involved with the Olympics as much. I don't know what year that started, but definitely became to the forefront when the Dream Team came together and then completely dominated the entire Olympics. But um, but the impact of that team and even the team after, because I believe the team after the Dream Team also did the same thing. But then it was like. Then it's where stuff started catching up, and basketball globally started getting more competitive and better. You started seeing more international players come to the NBA, and that's when you seen the USA team not win the gold, the gold medal in like 2000 and, and 2004, which was well, heavily documented too, in the documentary too. Well, you know the thing is too, like the the best players don't always even play on the dream team. We're like. It was almost a given back then. It's like the very best players are always going to be on the dream team. We're like, now it's like guys will opt out of it. Yeah, and another thing, too, on top of that was, like, <laughs> it's one thing to have a bunch of your all-star players, but some of them never played together, and they're yeah. playing against teams that uh, have been playing together since they were, like, for, like, 10 years. And... um the prime example was was the was was the 2000 team i believe that they didn't have the right coaching they didn't have the right group of guys like they had a ton of stars they had a star coach but they just didn't have the everything to make it all together yeah. and so they weren't they weren't cohesive not at all yeah and so and so what's crazy is is that because uh, the 2000 team was was real was that still think they got the bronze but they you know they were not nowhere close I mean it's kind of hard to follow the, the dream team and the team after but um and then in 04 they got a little better and they got um you know Coach K who I kind of forgot about too that coached the uh, the Olympics and oh, yeah. made made a very big commitment out of it and kind of changed how how players like bought into it. It wasn't like, hey, in two weeks we're going to the Olympics, you're gonna just tag along. He made it like, hey, in the off season we're training for the yeah. Olympics. And I mean it makes sense because I mean if you're not I mean you, this is this is on an international level and it's like I know they say like you know a lot of guys don't want to do it because they don't want to risk injury and all this stuff and you know they're not they're not collecting the paycheck for doing it like they do mm-hmm. in the NBA. But there's got to be you know if you're playing for your country and like this and that, there's got to be some kind of either some incentive or some kind of 
security to where like if you make if you make if you make the commitment to play mm-hmm. in your country that if something happens like surely obviously you know they don't you could get because your thing is you could get hurt playing at any point yeah so i don't like i don't really like that excuse but yeah i feel like they'd be taken care of at least from a contractual standpoint or something like that like i feel like they would still get paid yeah you know what i mean and i don't think anybody's gonna fault them and be like well they should have i mean I, I, there's probably some crazy fans that are like should have went out there and played blah, blah 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 like these guys aren't gonna go out and play basketball anyways during the off season like they still can. yeah well and Obviously, then uh, this, is, this is more competitive but like under i mean to, uh, to be honest like under no circumstances should we not win the gold in basketball if you just look at it from a talent standpoint. Yeah, from a talent standpoint for sure. But how I mean, like but like you said, how 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 guys play together. But again, there's a lot of talent. Good. There's a lot of top talent in the NBA that are playing for their country. That oh yeah, yeah. Know. I understand it. Cause I know like Luca will play you know for his team and mm-hmm. uh, Giannis will play for his team and you know but still, even if you even if you subtract those guys, yeah, like you still actual, have actual American players like LeBron. Yeah, if you, you take like LeBron and you say Anthony Davis, KD, Anthony Davis, or and, yeah. um, Kawhi Leonard, and, yeah, you know guys like that, if they're healthy, yeah, should be able to or and, you know Damian Lillard, like Steph Curry, like look at these guys, like these should be absolute domination if all those guys play. Yeah. And are, and, and, and are <clears throat> not injured. Like, there should be, there's no excuse yeah. for those guys to not be able to play, you know, together for like a month or, or so and then go to the Olympics and dominate. Yeah, after for sure. Days. Yeah, and then <laughs> um, one thing, too, that was a, that's a big, big strong note is like, you know, they had – what was crazy is that they, you know, the 2018 team had a really good roster, and this was before Kobe joined the team. Like, he joined the team kind of late, uh, like maybe like two years or two years out or something like that because they had yeah. to do some qualifying and whatnot. So he kind of came in late. And um, what's crazy is how everybody talked about how much his – work ethic rubbed off on the team and credited a lot of their their work ethic to him because they were like yeah uh they mentioned one night where they were uh, one of the uh qualifying games was like in las vegas and they all kind of trained and did everything in vegas and they all went out one night because it was like either somebody's birthday or something and there was like the only person on the team that didn't go was kobe and he stayed at his hotel and then they were like saying how well they were rolling in from still partying and it was like you know five or six in the morning and they passed kobe in the hallway and they're like oh hey man where are you going and he's like i'm going to the gym and they're like from that moment on they were like okay if he's this serious about this we need to be serious about this because this is the top guy and and we need to we need to rethink what we're doing here yeah <clears throat> so it was really cool to see just how much that dude influence that team and just that you know competitiveness and work ethic that he had i mean it had me so damn hyped just off of that like uh kobe was one of my favorite players of all time anyways but um but um you know getting to see a lot of that especially hearing it from 
from a lot of the these top guys of how even LeBron was you know heavily featured in this documentary. He even you know spoke in it and all that and was just talking about almost like hey I took a back seat <laughs> because this dude was the dude because <laughs> we're talking prime Kobe. I mean this is 2008. Yeah. And um, another thing too that's uh that you kind of forget too is uh how good Chris Bosh was and how like from a defensive standpoint uh for that Olympic team how he took over <laughs> from uh, from that, that dude, side speaking of him you know that dude's still getting paid right now yeah he had some kind of crazy contract <coughs> yeah like a not a not as crazy as Bobby Bonillas but something like isn't it the Miami Heat still paying him for like yeah I feel like I feel like it was in the realm of like Something like $2 million a year or something like that. Yeah, it's like he gets paid like twice a year. Some <laughs> some, some sum of money. And it's like he's been, he's been getting paid that for like a minute now. Yeah, because he hasn't played in a while. It's been a minute, yeah. And... It's nice to just hang out and get paid. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> but, I mean, I guess he earned it. I mean, hell, the, you know, the heat did some damage, so... Yeah, they, they won, what, three championships? With him, uh, LeBron and Dwayne Wade, and at least two. I don't remember if they won the third. I, mean, I don't. I thought so they won the, three. I, feel like I don't think they won three in a row, but I think they won. I think they won one and then missed out, and then went back to back. But I could be wrong. Yeah. And then. Uh, Um, they won in 2006, 2012, and 2013. Yeah, 06 was with uh, Shaq and a young Dwayne Wade. Yeah, so him and LeBron. So I guess, uh, yeah, him, LeBron, Dwayne. Bosh did the 12 and 13. Yeah, okay, so they just did back-to-back. Yeah. And then LeBron went back to Cleveland, I think, after that. Um. Yeah, and Dwayne Wade was on the Olympic team too, and uh, man, I remember, young Dwayne Wade was so damn good. Oh, I mean, old. I don't know if it was just injuries or what, but like after a while, it was just he just wasn't. I don't know what happened to him. It's kind of, I guess, age and all that, but because uh, I remember on that 2016 with him and Shaq and that team won. Uh, I was, I was in, I remember I was in, I was in 29 Palms, California watching that series. Cause we were, I was on the end of my military career. I was getting out, um, in a few months, but I stuck around to help train some of the new guys because they were going to Ramadi, Iraq, um, later that summer. And so, uh, I remember watching that, <laughs> um, while we were doing training. <laughs> uh, and Shaq's like, Shaq's my favorite basketball player of all time. Probably one of my favorite humans too, but <laughs> that's a whole other. Huh? LSU product. Yeah. And, um, so I was heavily rooting for, for the heat during that time. And, and I guess that was right. Can't remember if that was that was that was was that after the Lakers or before the Lakers? That was after the after the Lakers had to have been. 
Yeah. So early 2000s when the Lakers and that that was when Shaq was at his complete prime and nobody could. I mean, he was the best big man in the NBA and Kobe was obviously Kobe. So yeah, that was that was definitely before. And then he went to the Heat and still won another championship. But anyways, uh, documentary worth checking out. Redeem the Redeem Team. And um, another thing to check out too, if you're a Star Wars fan, been watching, been watching the series Andor, and I kind of forgot, like I was kind of, I was wanting to see it, and then you know got busy and and uh, just kind of forgot about it, and then I was just looking for some new stuff, and uh, was like, oh yeah, this is on, I need to check it out. And like the first first couple of episodes are really good, but you're kind of like, all right, what is what is happening here? But after that, it is like a phenomenal show, and I like it even more than I liked watching Boba Fett because I feel like Boba Fett was a little disappointing and just basically was a glorified. Let's get to Mandalorian <laughs> next season of Mandalorian, but Andor is super good. It's a little bit of a slow burn in a way. But once it takes off, you're like, oh, my God, this is so well done. Because this is all like pre, well, not pre-Empire, but like the beginning of the rebellion. Yeah. Of how it started. So it's really good. I'll have to, I'll have to check it out. It's, it's on my list, but I had it kind of low on the list because I haven't really heard anything about it. So. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. Uh, another reason why I forgot about it is because you just didn't really hear much about it. And then finally watched it and uh, was like, oh, man, should have been watching this sooner. Check it out. Uh, so NFL this week, uh, your Saints, y'all have a big matchup, right, this week? Yeah, playing the Ravens on uh, Monday night. I was about to say, I thought y'all had a primetime game, but I could, couldn't remember. Uh, Titans-Chiefs on Sunday night, so that'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Hopefully Tannehill plays. If not, then I assume it won't be that good of a game <laughs> because the Chiefs will be probably heavily have a big lead if it's just – Malik <laughs> at the helm, but uh, <laughs> I don't know what to. I mean, if he doesn't play, I don't really don't know what to expect because that whole uh, run game only thing. I don't think it's gonna work. It worked against the Texans, but that you're not gonna get. You're not gonna do that on the Chiefs because <laughs> their defense is pretty good. And um, Mahomes. I mean, the thing is, the Titans' defense is good too, but I mean, they're still they're still going to score points, and you're going to have to score with them. Yeah, the only, I feel like, I feel like uh, Kansas City's offensive line has, has been playing better than it has, and especially well versus last year, anyways. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think what's crazy is they you know lose Tyreek, and it seems like their offense got better. It's like they yeah well it's it's forced them to do different things with the ball you know spread the ball more 
Yeah. I mean, they they they, had, they did a decent job of spreading before, but now it's now it's at a necessity. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I'll I'll, I'll be interested to see how the Titans defense does. They've had some good luck against the Chiefs the last I don't know five or more years. I mean, they've they're they're two and one against Mahomes. Well, they played uh, the role of like the big disruptor over the last couple of years. I mean, obviously yeah. every season's different, and the Chiefs are—it's a different look. Chiefs, it's different look. Titans. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, the big thing—I mean, they've—they've they've already they dropped the game against the Bills, which was tough. But like, yeah, I'm not saying it's going to go down quite like that. No, but it's I'd, gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough matchup for sure. Yeah, and um, but I, I'll say this: Coach Vrabel is probably one of the best coaches I've like I've I've seen, uh, especially the way that he adapts the team to what they have and who they're facing, and seeing guys step up that you really don't expect. I mean, he's doing some pretty incredible coaching. Uh, well, with what he's with what he's with what he's work, yeah, with what he's got. Basis, yeah. And they couldn't be, <coughs> you know, any luckier with the injury bug. And I say that sarcastically because they've already they're already pat they're already um, ahead of pace from where they were last year with injuries. Yeah, it's ridiculous, man. And they had set a record by a lot last year of how many different players they had to use. Yeah. Only, I, mean, that, I mean, that's... His performance, him doing, being able to, to do that last year is what got him coach, coach of the year. For sure. To be the one seed and, and have 96 players yeah. suit up for you is pretty incredible. And, it's and not, not to say that it won't happen again if he has to end up doing the same thing. I mean, they probably, they're not going to be a number one seed probably, but. Well, it makes you almost like as a Titans fan, like scream, like, God, if we had some more talent, yeah, yeah. especially on offense to, I mean, you yeah. say that even though you still have, to be you fair, know, arguably the best running back in the league, but. To be fair, you did, you did. But yeah, if they had just now a stud right wide receiver, you know, if like only, they traded only, away. <laughs> if only they had a stud wide receiver. Right. Yeah. Which, <coughs> you know, looking at that trade right now, it's like, well, I don't know what to make of it at the moment. Uh, You're going to be frustrated, lot. but I mean, your guy could still end up being good, but he's hurt. Yeah, that's that's the problem. Is like, okay, well, Traylon, I believe Traylon will be good. He showed, yeah, he showed flashes, you know, but, you but, know, but the thing is, too, like, why would you need so you can't see it some time, usually? Yeah, even AJ Brown, his rookie year, <laughs> he had a solid year, um, and all, but it wasn't like he was a, you know, a superstar right out the gate. I mean, the thing is, like, the the, the one thing is, like, you he he would have you can't compare it apples to apples, and I know a lot of Titans fans like to look at look what AJ Brown's doing in in Philly and this and that. You can't compare; it's not the same. Yeah, because he's not. He, I mean, is he? I don't. I wouldn't see him like some of the games he's had and stuff. He's, I don't think he's. I don't think he would have ever even done that in Tennessee, even had he stayed. 
because the offense is different, well, they, your quarterback's different, everything's different. Yeah, and the other thing too that was kind of a worry, you know, that was a worry was his health and staying staying healthy. Yeah. And um this year he has so far, so Yeah, th- so far and um looks like he's got a couple of catches for 40 yards already tonight. <laughs> uh speaking of, um some TDs from Jalen Hurts. No, you don't. I'm getting, I'm getting, no, <laughs> getting, I'm getting no love right now. Uh, <coughs> totally but fine. I, but what I really need is I need Philadelphia to win. I need them to you win some by money more than, out there. Oh yeah, I need them to win by more than two touchdowns. Oh, and, they're playing Houston, so yeah, this is this is a good shot. But also needed to stay within a reasonable amount because for some reason, I, you know, I like to live dangerous and played the under so <laughs> I was kind of hoping for like a 28-10 kind of situation yeah and but uh, but you know it looks like everything they've scored so far has been rushing touchdowns I was hoping it'd be the opposite like they would air it out a lot rack up the score and then the rest of the game just run it <laughs> just, to, just to close the game out and it was yeah. like they would not necessarily like kind of blow them out but like <laughs> kind of, kind of, kind of shut the offense down a little bit. Yeah. Because I wasn't, I wasn't expecting like a like a a forty bomb or anything. Yeah. Even though Houston's not good. I just or don't s- feel like I just don't feel like the, the Eagles are going to put as much effort into a game like this. And if they catch a good lead, I don't. I, I feel like they're going to take the foot off the gas, probably. Well, they probably are going to lean on the running game because they're the worst in the league and against the run. And obviously, last week with the Titans, Derrick Henry running for over two bills. Which, by the way, I know this has been talked about quite a bit, especially the last few weeks. But I've been thinking this for for a while of how much of a resume he's making to be a Hall of Famer already, and. I say, I'm saying that not being biased at all. Like, well, he's got a lot of crazy records and, and a records, lot of yeah. it's it's crazy how many records he has. And a lot of and the thing is like some of the some of the stuff that he's done, a lot of the uh, beats of strength, I guess. Like, if you talk when you when you compare it, when they're saying, well, only three players in in history have ever done this. Yeah, it's like, his. Like he so he rushed for two hundred yards, and in a weird way, it's kind of crazy to think that there's only there's only been three people to do that six times in their yeah. career. But the other two outside of Derrick Henry are O.J. Simpson and Adrian Peterson. Right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like it, it, it's like, and he's gonna have another two hundred yard game, so he will be the the top guy. That's the thing. It's like all the comparisons that he has. Every time it's like, oh, only these people have done this. It's like it's always elite. Yeah, it's Hall of Famers. Like whenever Adrian Peterson is eligible, he's gonna be the first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, because it's like there's only there's only so many times you the can crazy share, you can share these things and then not be considered. And the a, crazy thing a, is, a so yeah, and so he's he's now the leader in Titans Oilers franchise history of touchdowns. And he's done that in what was this his sixth season? Yeah, something like that. Which was passing Eddie George, who played here for nine seasons. So being three years ahead of Eddie George, <laughs> even 
is yeah, is pretty yeah. wild. Now he's got some, I think on the resume far as like you know one of the the big um, is ten thousand yards rushing career wise, and he's at like I think seven and a half. So as long as he can probably stay healthy and play another three years, then that he'll he'll surpass that. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of crazy just to, and I think a lot of, I don't know if Titans fans are really paying attention to this, like, uh, you know, especially, you know, the, the, the Titans have been lucky to have really good running backs throughout their entire history, but to see somebody of this caliber is actually probably going to be a Hall of Famer and you're getting to see it now and yeah. you may not realize it until you know, until he hangs it up or, or whatever, and you're like, wow, that was an incredible run. Especially especially if he somehow manages to go to 2,000 yards again this year. Yeah, I mean, with, with some of the games he can put up, it's a possibility. As long as he can stay healthy. I mean, we're in week nine. and I mean, still, uh, I mean you know, obviously, you know, he's he's has a chance to win another rushing title. I mean, he's not... Yeah, he's not the top running back, but he's not super duper far. I think who is it that's the top right now? Is it Saquon or is it Chubb? One of the uh, Chubb. So I know he's not that far behind him. No, maybe a hundred yards at the most yeah, between. Which, which for a running back, I mean, it could be a lot, but with the way well, he can the... like tear off yards sometimes, if he has another big game like he had, if he has another two hundred, like you said, if he has another like. Yeah, if he has a 150-plus uh, yard game, I mean, he's cut closing the gap pretty pretty significantly. Yeah, if he – let me see. Okay, so, well, he's – yeah, he's <coughs> he's about 90 yards behind Nick Chubb and, and about 24 yards behind Saquon. And then I, I hated it for him last year to see him get hurt, man, because like I really wanted him to break the record. Well, what's crazy is, yeah, is he had like, so he went out what we I guess the same week this week or last week, last year, and had nine almost a thousand yards then. Yeah. And so, and I so mean, Nick Chubb's having he was, on, he was on pace to break the record within sixteen games. Yeah. And that's what I want to see because I don't want Eric Dickerson to be like, oh, well, I did it with this many games. Yeah. I don't know if that'll happen this year. No, I doubt it. Because he was, he was about 200 yards ahead of where he is now. Yeah. But that could change. I mean, if he had, like you said, if he has another, if he has two games this year that's 150 plus, I mean, that's going to be very doable because we're just at the halfway mark. Yeah. Yeah, and Nick we'll Chubb, I mean, Nick Chubb is having an incredible year, too. <laughs> yeah, for him, it's the same, same deal, high volume. Yeah. Very similar <laughs> how he's used and Derrick Henry's used, but, I mean, he's at 841 yards rushing. I mean, that's pretty damn good. Averaging 5.6 yards a carry. Derrick Henry just had, you know, his first two games, I think he was still getting kind of back. But yeah. watching him run last week was like, oh, he's back. Um, we'll, we'll see what he can do against Kansas. You know, another interesting match uh, will be Saint. I mean, uh, will be Seth 
Buccaneers against the Rams this week. I don't think he is. Well, I, I, as in, like, both teams are really struggling to – it's like they've kind of came down from being, you know, winning Super Bowls, and now they're trying to – they're struggling and trying to figure out how to be good again. Yeah. And so something's got to give there in that game. For me, I know you don't give a shit because you're a Saints fan, and it's kind of crazy to see you in the – the Falcons the leading the yeah, NFC yeah. South right now? Yeah, they are. Nobody's seen that coming. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's not going to last, though, I don't think. Never know. I just feel like the Rams and the Bucks is going to be a lot of uninspired football being played. Yeah, I don't know Stafford. Man, I, it's kind of crazy to see how bad he's been playing this season. And, like, I know I know the record's not showing it quite yet, but I think, I think San Francisco is going to – Take that. Take that division over? Eventually, yeah. I don't know, man. The Seahawks look good. Yeah. They do look good, and their defense is really good. But I, when it when it comes down to it, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they're going to have the juice or not. If they can put all the talent together in San Francisco. Yeah. It, it's not. They, yeah. And they don't, they don't, they, it just doesn't stack up. I'm hoping Debo stays, gets, Gets back next week because that that killed me last week in my fantasy team. <laughs> oh yeah, they get him back on the field and it's gonna be. You're gonna have him, McCaffrey, George Kittle's like kind of back to where he was. Yeah, Ayuk's good. I mean, and, uh, defense is got, good. Who they got uh, the re- receiver from uh, Tennessee? Oh, Juwan Jennings. Juwan Jennings is he's had some good, some good, uh, not like. Outstanding, but he's made some really good catches. So I mean, they they just got a lot of other. And they got a they got somebody else that's a I think a receiver that's pretty good. I mean, even the the running back backing up McCaffrey is good. Oh yeah, worthless on my bench in my other league. (laughs) Yeah, and they traded the the other guy that was there because they were kind of running back by committee, but uh, to the Dolphins who made a bit of a splash for the trade deadline. Uh, that's kind of scary. They're going for it. I mean, <laughs> shit. Got to, man. <laughs> I like what a lot of these teams are doing, man. They're giving up. I don't see the problem giving up the draft picks when you got guys that are, like, proven commodities. Yeah, and if it if it's something where, to me, it's something where you got to have that championship pedigree because you're, you're giving up your future, short-term future. For now. For now. So, you know, the Rams definitely, I mean, they're kind of paying for it now because they look like that championship, that team is done. I mean, they, and they have no future to replace guys. And so it's like, you know, there's the risk. I mean, is it worth it? Sure, if you're winning a champ, you know, a championship, but it's going to put your team in a bad spot in a few years. <laughs> Yeah, they gave it all up, man. They got no draft picks. They got nothing. They, they're gonna be, they're gonna be dry for a while. Cause you know. But the, but the thing is, you know, like teams, I think teams are okay with that. I think so. In the because, in the short like, term to make a championship, I mean, yeah. Just think about yeah, how long some of these teams go without winning. And you know, a lot of a lot of Titans fans are. There's so many teams in the league. Yeah. A lot of Titans fans are pissed about the trade deadline, but they didn't have any money. Yeah. That 
they couldn't trade for anybody. They don't have any money to pay anybody. <laughs> and <coughs> kind of, I know a lot of people worry about Big Jeff, which I am too to an extent. But you know, we'll we'll see when it comes next year. You got some guys coming off your roster, and cap space should go back up, or the yeah, the cap should go up. But I mean, they're gonna have to pay him handsomely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that dude. If they don't, and anybody else will. Sure, <laughs> you know, I mean, but the thing is, I think he would take a little bit of a hometown discount. But we were still talking of a defensive tackle making, you know, twenty six, twenty seven million dollars a year on he's a hometown be, discount. I mean, even on, yeah, so even on a discount, he's still going to have to be. That's going to be twenty five plus. He's and, the highest paid, I would imagine, right? No, nah, Aaron Donald's the highest paid right now. He's making like thirty a year. No, but I'm saying he probably will, will be. Oh, by then, yeah, yeah, probably. Because I remember looking at who are the highest paid, and he's only making like two million dollars this year. Oh, Jeff, yeah, he's not making. He, yeah, it's. And there's guys like I mean. Highway robbery. Where he's getting right Aaron now. Donald's making thirty. Uh, I think Chris Jones from the Chiefs making like double digits. Uh, there's a couple other guys that are making some decent money. They're you're kind of like really, but uh, like I think Vita Vea is making some pretty good money for the Bucks. But uh, yeah, I mean it's they're gonna have to figure that out because he. The, well, the crazy thing is too is like he's still under contract like for the next year and. They picked up his fifth year option, and even outside of next year, they could still franchise him. So uh, I'm sure yeah. they want to pay him when they, when they can, but they don't I necessarily. Like they, they play the franchise thing. I feel like dudes make it a lot harder for teams to negotiate with them after they franchise them. And that's the other <laughs> thing too. I mean, he could hold out. And the price is only going to go up. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah, because he's definitely one of the most dominant <laughs> players in the league. I mean, I mean, I would even say I haven't really looked at Aaron Donald's stats this year, but it just seems like he's playing better than him at the moment. Let's say so. And making twenty-eight million dollars less. <laughs> it's like that sometimes, but he'll, yeah. he'll get his he'll get his pay. Yeah. Well, um, I guess we'll wrap it up here and get back to you guys next week. We appreciate everybody listening. And as always, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Big Tan Rich. Like, subscribe, and listen on all the podcast platforms. And, yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, see you. Beer. Are you done fucking coughing, buddy? <laughs>